You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right. We are the Fantasy Joes. I am at Roto Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening from the Pillow Palace 3.0, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood. Hello. I thought that audio sounded pretty decent last week. Uh, you know, you always, it's really hard to listen to your own voice if you've never done it before. But the 3.0, uh, I'm liking it so far. And Ryan, one, what the topic that I need to get off my chest at the very beginning of the show, because it comes from the best university uh, in the landscape of college football. Uh, Marshall Yanda retires from the Baltimore Ravens. You might think, yeah, you know, an offensive lineman retiring, no big deal. You know, it's, uh, he might not have had a big effect on the team. But so coming from the Ravens, you know, they had a great running and passing attack last year. That was a, an offense that on a weekly basis, uh, you know, you were starting guys in DFS all the time. Lamar Jackson was a league winner. Uh, Mark Ingram was a value for whatever you paid for him. I doubt anybody really overpaid for Mark Ingram before he actually produced for you. Uh, Marquise Brown flashed when he was healthy. But anyway, where this comes from is uh, Marshall Yonder retires, and he was the fourth overall graded guard, according to Pro Football Focus, in 2019. And it is, it is very, very difficult to replace great offensive line play. You know how a whole unit can gel and come together. Have you thought about this at all? Like, what do you think about uh, – you know, any sort of trickle-down effects the rest of that offense. I have thought about it, and I think it's too early to say, but that's an easy easy answer. I don't want to take a cop out. But, but I will say if Yonda does not, I mean, that's the, that's the tricky thing about offensive line play because we really never know year to year how an offensive line is going to play out, even if there's allegedly stability on the offensive line. So let's look at the Chicago Bears, uh, for example. Uh, 2018, I thought that offense line really gelled, uh, did a good job of protecting Mitch Trubisky. Uh, 2019, uh, yes, Mitch Trubisky was awful, but that offensive line was really, really bad and essentially had the same players on that offensive line. So I think that even if Baltimore signs someone that you think, oh, you know, they can plug in or maybe they draft a, a promising rookie late in the first round, it still is something to be concerned about because he is an outstanding guard. There's no question about it. And um, sometimes we forget about these things. So yeah, I, I think it's, it is something to, to, to track and keep in the back of your mind. I, already I have my concerns about Lamar Jackson and you know what he's going to be able to do in, in 2020. Not that he's not going to be awesome, but I just don't think we can expect those same numbers that he put up in 2019. So yeah, I, I'm concerned for sure. Uh, but I, I'll be less concerned if they address the position, and I think they kind of have to. Uh, frankly, I, I don't, and I don't know if they've got like there's a backup that you know they can plug in and, and get some production or what. But, but yeah, what what about you? Uh, obviously, you're concerned because you're bringing it up, right? Well, I do think it matters, and it's something to take note of. So, in dynasty in the off season, these are little tidbits you can make to diversify your, you know, what, what you have in all your leagues and what you're doing. If you want to mitigate risk. And you're, you know, you see something like this. I, I think having the fourth overall rated guard in the league leaving could have a disastrous effect on the offensive line. Uh, if you're going to speculate heavily in that way, there is much more risk now associated with, with this, in my opinion. So that's that's just a factor now when you're looking at moving uh, players 
yeah, I mean, Lamar Jackson, his value isn't going to change really at all. But it might, it might push you to say, like, the offense might be changing in a, in a bad way for next year. Or, or Mark Ingram coming off injury, or Justice Hill, or if, when they, you know, if they draft a running back and their wide receiving core, just kind of the whole overall uh, pool of talent at the Ravens. If you were wobbling on a deal that you thought was really close, and then you see a tidbit like this come out, it might push you over the edge. It's not, it's not a make or break by any means. But this stuff does matter, uh, I, in my opinion, when somebody who, if you read stories about him, he's just, one, he, he just sounds uh, crazy in a, lot of, in a lot of different ways. But always had, it was always at the center of the team uh, and a very hard work ethic, pain tolerance, uh, all, all sorts of things that really is a, is a locker room presence that brings everybody together. So it might just be harder than, than it appears for next year for that offensive line to come together. Again, it's super early offseason speculation, and we are searching for a little bit of stories, but this is trade time. This is when you want to make deals that can really alter your dynasty future, and this is a piece that can, uh, you know, it, it, it's a, you know, maybe a, a, a point or two on the trade calculators that you're looking at, or like a percentage point or two. Yeah, I, I think it's one of those things that we don't pay enough attention to offensive linemen, frankly, when, when they come and go. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. What else are you thinking about, Will, with with this offseason? And one thing I got to say to our listeners, I'm only going to say the C word once, coronavirus. But you might have noticed the live studio audience has gone away. It's just Will and I tonight. We don't have the crowd of people we usually do. Like in my basement, the recording studio, I usually have you know 30 people over here. Will in the Pillow Palace usually has <laughs> probably 50 come up to see you. So it's actually yeah, open air behind the computer normally. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, th- so it's a little odd for us, but but that's okay. We're gonna we're, we're gonna keep delivering the fancy jokes. No, no worries. So, um, quarterbacks. I want to talk about quarterbacks. And uh, so, I was fortunate enough to be in the open bar, a podcast the, the other evening. You can check it out. It was a lot of fun. And, and one of the things that came up was the quarterback carousel and how interesting and intriguing this is. And something, well, I can't stop thinking about. And it may not be that exciting if Tom Brady stays in New England, admittedly, but it could really change the landscape of the NFL and, and just be fun and, and have some fantasy uh, football ramifications. So what are you thinking about with, with the quarterback position? What, I mean, are you looking ahead? Like if, if some, a certain player goes to a certain place, is that going to change your thought process and any, any, any um, quarterbacks or weapons they might have in their offense? So, one, the, with the carousel, I don't know if I really care where Brady lands. Uh, it, it's coming to a new, you know, new team, new offense. Of course, they're going to re- revolve everything around him. But it's not like we were relying heavily on Patriots players to be, you know, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of uh, studs on that team with the skill position players last year. And, you know, the year prior, you know, you still had like Gronk and things like that. And you had Michelle scoring a lot of touchdowns the year before. But this uh, – we should, I think we should be a little bit more concerned with how he can support an offense when it comes to great fantasy players. Yeah, he can, he can, the rising tide lifts all boats. Uh, but it, if, those, if it's all boats and those boats weren't very high before, you know, if we're just talking about moving from a uh, high end three to a low end two, that's not, that's not a, ma- a major win in points per game uh, with what you're doing in an offense. So with Brady, I have a really hard time, like, like really caring, like, do I think if Tom Brady goes to like Tennessee and the, is that really good? Is AJ Brown going to be much more valuable? I mean, I mean, maybe like Ryan Tannehill and the, the RPO that they had there and his scrambling ability really, really helped a lot with AJ Brown and what he could do. 
So I, I guess I don't really feel like that's a big drastic change in what you should be projecting him for. And I could easily be wrong, but that doesn't feel, I'm not going to be that excited about it. Uh, Rivers, and we can dive into that in a second. I did a, a, some, just some interesting quick research on Rivers. And maybe we'll dive into it, Ryan, sometime when we, ha- when we want to like go super deep. But, but basically, uh, just some quick, some quick like fun nuggets. Uh, 2011, Philip Rivers made Mike Tolbert a great receiving back. Uh, in 2012, he made Ronnie Brown a good receiving back. Uh, in 2013, that was the first year Danny Woodhead with 88 catches. Or, or sorry, 88 targets and 76 catches. As you go down the list, uh, every receiving back that's kind of gone to Philip Rivers' offense since he's – we're going 2010, so we're going post-LT era – has been just just super valuable for fantasy. Uh, you had a, a couple years where running backs went down and it, it went downhill, and we can go through these in more depth at some point if we really want to. But, but long story short is I'm really interested where River land, Rivers lands because I want to see what the cost increase is going to be if there is a decent pass running back there, and specifically with Indianapolis – uh, you know, they have Marlon Mack there, who's a fine, he's a fine running back. I was super high on Marlon Mack coming out of college, Ryan, you know this. But uh, Naheem Hines is an electric player. And he, what do you have? Didn't he have like 90-some targets his rookie year? And then it went down last year without without luck. I think he could stand to be, I mean, if, if he lands there, like how shocked would you actually be if all of a sudden Naheem Hines ends up as the low-end RB1 from that offense? I, he's a guy we think about a lot, and, and Naheem Hines. I, I mean, yeah, you're looking at your crystal ball, and, and it, things have to go right. Rivers has to go there, but I've thought about that a lot. He Naheem Hines in 2018, he was tied for seventh in targets. He had 81 targets. Um, so, so yeah, he's definitely a guy that if Philip Rivers is his quarterback, we could see some things. And I think Naheem Hines. What do you get, you think you could get him for a will? Like a third round rookie pick, pretty easy, right? I mean, oh, I think if Rivers lands there, you're paying a no, second. No, round no, I mean, but I mean today. Oh, just right now? Yeah. Uh, it's speculation. It's about how much the other person really is looking into this. Yeah, I think a third rounder is totally fair value. Like, why? I mean, without without Rivers there, do you really want any minds? <laughs> no, no, I, I so you're no, buying I, in on that. But I, I mean, don't, yeah, yeah, I don't so, see that a, a third rounder though is a boon for a person. Uh, unless we're on the clock at that time, but then the quarterback carousel is probably figured out. Well, I think the the way to do it, it obviously is is not yeah. Like if you if you say hey, I want Naheem Hines, I'm going to trade you a third straight up. That other owner is going to going to know like well, you really want this guy, and and I could probably squeeze out a little bit more. The way to do it, of course, is a package deal, right? It's like you you set up another trade, and like well, we get close to the deal if you throw in Naheem Hines, and then you get Naheem Hines, and, and conceivably some other guys you like on that the player that owner's roster so that, that, that's kind of the angle i would take but but no i i, I love that idea and, and i think that uh getting back to your tom brady point i think you're right i'm not excited about any of the skill position players that tom brady signs with that offense you know for example in tampa bay it looks like there's some rumors today about them making a big push for um tom brady in tampa bay if he goes to the bucks i'm not excited like about mike evans or chris godwin like they're yeah their value going up i, I mean not that I think I would panic and, and get rid of them, but you know, I think their value drops if Tom Brady goes there. I think. Oh yeah. That's how the. What, I mean, Tom Brady isn't gonna gonna score like fifty points for the other team over the course of the season. Yeah, it's just gonna be a different offense. That you know, I mean, so the great thing about Jameis because he because he he creates his own offense and enforces them to throw the ball because he gets that team in a hole early. And I, I think we've joked about that or joked about that last year, but that was really true, right? I mean, they they had no running game; they had to throw the ball. 
uh, and Jameis was forced to be aggressive and try to make these plays. And yeah, with, with Tom Brady there, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I mean, he, you lead the league in passing, uh, but you're still like, everybody's like, yeah, I don't know. He's fine. So that's a, that's also a big like fantasy debate versus real life debate. And I think we're seeing a real situation here where I'm, I'm definitely pessimistic about the Bucks QB situation with those two wide receivers. And so I've, I've only re- like recently thought about this, Ryan. I'm going to start uh, making offers where I have – I don't actually own a lot of Chris Godwin, unfortunately. I uh, either moved him too soon uh, or wasn't able to grab him like startups. But I, I have a few, a few shares of, of Mike Evans that I think it's time that I, I don't want to stress about this. And if I had to take maybe, a, maybe just like slightly below you know, value of what they're doing, uh, I might take a couple risks this year. What what would a give me an example of a risk? Like what what are you saying? Like what what would you want to get in return? Let's say you decide you're going to shop Mike Evans. What what do you need to get back? Oh sure. Nervous about him. Uh, so if I'm like if if I'm gonna if I'm gonna switch positions uh, with with Mike Evans, I'm going to try to you know either pair him with something to to move up in the running back ranks, or is there somebody who has either early rookie picks with with aging running backs like like a Mike Evans and Leonard Fournette. Uh, maybe Mike Evans plus something or sorry, Mike Evans for like Kerry Johnson plus something really nice as a, as a young asset to, to grab that side of it. Uh, Mike Evans plus again, someone, somebody younger, or let's say like a, maybe, I don't know, super flex. Let's say like the one Oh six for Le'Veon Bell, those, those kind of things. That's a little bit of a stretch there at the end, but I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of risk in moving that to have, what I would feel like is a safe asset for 2020 and then some upside moving into the future. I mean, yeah. at, wide, at wide receiver, just it, it's so hard because he's Mike Evans is a polarizing player, but I'm going to try to package Mike Evans with something then, or just straight up depending on how the player values him. I want like, give me like, I'll take Tyreek Hill over Mike Evans at this point, even with Tyreek Hill's character issues in the off season. Yeah, no, I, I think that that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm trying to think where I would get excited. Uh, I, I mean, I, I just think it's maybe, maybe from a fantasy point of view, the more we talk about it, it's just more interesting and fun. Um, you know, you, you can find examples like Philip Rivers if he goes to Indianapolis. Naheem Hines is, is kind of intriguing. But 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 you're right. The, I mean, the thing is, there's not a great deal of talent, um, you know, in the quarterback market. Um, so, I mean, I do think maybe, well, that's not really true. Like, let's say Jameis Winston goes someplace else. I don't know where he would land. If he doesn't go to Tampa Bay, where do we think Jameis goes? Do you have any theories? Like, because I just don't think there are going to be too many teams interested in him because, uh, yes, he has potential, but he's a turnover machine. So, can, can well, he win with Jameis Winston? So, who doesn't have a strong starting quarterback and potentially has the ability to move some cap around to, to get Jameis? Because he's still not going to be cheap. That's a good question, and, and that's that's what I'm I'm trying to to figure out here. Um, I, so I, I mean, I'd like the like teams have a lot of like I know the Miami Dolphins, for example, they've got a ton of money, and, and but but they're not going to invest in Jameis Winston because that's like the answer, right? I mean, and I so I, I don't know. I can't I can't really think of any logic. Ooh, the San Francisco 49ers cut Jimmy Garoppolo for <laughs> the two million dollar cap hit in my conspiracy theory, and signed Jameis Winston to like the similar contract to just keep reshuffling. Uh, yeah. Bum, I don't know bum, about bum. Uh, no, but I could see. I mean, it'd be like I, it feels like such a Raiders move would be to sign Jameis Winston. Just their their past. I don't think they will, but it feels like a Raiders move. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of hope the Raiders get another quarterback because that means Derek Carr is in play to get sent someplace. But I don't know if any situation gets you excited about Derek Carr or um, the weapons of the team. But but here's one. So it's been floated that if Derek Carr is available, the Bears might make a play for him. So Derek Carr in Chicago, are you either – are you more excited about Derek Carr? Are you more excited about Allen Robinson, any other weapons on the Bears' offense? Or no? Uh, I mean, not not really. I mean, it's, I just don't. I don't see Derek Carr as such, as such a big upgrade. Uh, maybe potentially a better game manager, but Trubisky could still become a better game manager. I know I think, he has. Some, I, know. I know. I know he has some massive flaws. <laughs> but yeah, well, know. only only decision making and um, processing speed. Uh, other than that, he's awesome. Oh, and accuracy yeah. is footwork. Those aren't <laughs> right either. But other than that, he's very. I just stiff. feel like two. So, but Ryan, like two years ago, we were not like high on Trubisky, but higher uh, on what he could do in his upside. And he I had, honestly he had the was same flaws. He still had decision making and throwing flaws. Right. I just think they they made a lot of mistakes last year in a lot of different areas on the Bears. And there's, I just feel like that that isn't set in stone. That they could turn that around. And with Trubisky's athleticism that offers more upside than what Derek's car like compared to Derek Carr's precision. Yeah. I think the thing with Trubisky is just that I think there was hope that he can improve some of these things, but, but he hasn't. And and I think sometimes the, well, I mean just the skills that, that he was deficient in coming into the league were, are are historically not skills that you can improve upon. I mean, I guess footwork you can, but um, I I don't know. I I just think that it's, you know, you're, you decision-making processing plays quickly that stuff doesn't usually get better with time you know i mean so how does it affect how does it affect you then if they're bringing in Derek Carr? for fantasy implications yeah you're uh, a little bit higher in robinson is david montgomery uh, now the rb1 in fantasy i honestly i think i'm higher on pretty much all of the bears skill position players with Derek Carr. yes i i am because i Adam, Adam i think Sheen, it, ben bronecker no 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 uh, alan robinson they bring in alan robinson um and david, david montgomery and i don't know about anthony miller i'm, I'm still didn't Derek Carr support michael crabtree and a martin cooper yeah i suppose he did yes but and I don't, I don't know how likely it's going to happen. We're we're talking in hypotheticals, um, so so we'll see. I, it's just something interesting to bring up. But pivot uh, pivot from this quickly, Ryan. Let's pivot. Uh, let's pivot. So we saw Daniel Jones last year put up a lot of fantasy points. Does this not seem very reminiscent of who we're just talking about? A Mitch Trubisky? Yeah. Is 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 Daniel Jones not? Doesn't he have a Mitch Trubisky downside? I. I think so. I think he throws a prettier ball, and I think he reads the field better, but I'm not perfect at, at analyzing that. And I think Daniel Jones has a lot of flaws, and they were a bad team last year, and he excelled against bad teams near the end of the season, and we are taking off our pants because of that. And moving Daniel Jones up, <laughs> our rankings, <laughs> it's just, it just is – and right, we should be taking victory laps because as the Joes, we were – saying you need to start taking Daniel Jones early in your Superflex. Yeah, that's training. true, we did. And it turns yeah. out that he could have been extremely valuable for you at the end of the season. But we, you, I think you need to throw some caution here. This is not solved. And now they have a coaching change? Everything's changing. This matters. We've seen this matter over and over and over 
and over again. So uh, I had already previously sold Daniel Jones earlier, uh, but if I still had him now, I would be looking to make a move to get a much safer quarterback uh, along with uh, in startup drafts. I, I'm going to let somebody else take Daniel Jones. It's fascinating. I, I just looked at his value. Um, February ADP, according to ZLF. Do you know where he went? Like among quarterbacks, like wh- where he's ranked? Any idea? I think it's near the top 12. It is. It is number 13. He is Ooh. the number 13 quarterback in, in dynasty. That is crazy to me. Um, guys behind him, notable names. Um, you know, Tua's right behind him. Jared Goff is behind him. Uh, Matt Stafford going a little bit further down. Kirk Cousins. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really interesting that he's there at number 13. I, I guess it's the age thing, right? It's the age thing. But, but we need to be cautious about how we overvalue some of these younger quarterbacks until they give us more than what he's given us. So, yeah, he's only a sell, right? I, I wonder what, what he could fetch. Because um, I've, I've got Daniel Jones a couple of places, but um, – I wish that I wish that quarterbacks were fetching more in trade offers and super flex leagues versus the way we talk about them. Uh, like, and, and what their values are in trade calculators. It's like, I, w- I want to move uh, Russell Wilson in a league, but I want to get a, like, a, like I want to get a boon for him. Like Russell Wilson has, is an uninjured superstar quarterback. And with what we went through last year in teams that had quarterback issues, I want a lot, or at least when it comes to, uh, like perceived fair value. And I, I'm struggling hard, hard to get that done. And he's a first round startup pick in Superflex leagues. Yeah, I, I think it is. I, I think in Superflex leagues, QBs are hard to move for a couple different reasons. Um, I, well, A, I think people value them differently because there are owners in leagues that just decide, you know, if I've got one stable quarterback, even though my second quarterback is is awful. I'm just going to piece it together. I'll, I'll play the waiver wire. I'll pick up Kyle Allen. Um, I'll, I'll roster a bunch of backup QBs. Oh, and... but last year was such an anomaly. No, no, I know. But I think there are people, there are owners in your Superflex leagues, at least a couple, that, you know, you, you know them. You look, at, you look at your leagues, you look at the rosters, you'll see that there are owners that just don't value quarterbacks whatsoever. So a lot of times the, the teams in your league that you see need the quarterback, they, they, that's just not their philosophy. They don't, they don't play Superflex that way, which I think is a mistake, but – People do it. And, and then if you give up a quarterback, I always feel that I want to get a quarterback back or I have to have enough quarterbacks on my team. So if I, again, have a quarterback and I feel a little bit deficient in that area, you know, you know, I, I just think it's, it's hard. I mean, I'm, these are probably just two of many reasons it's hard to move QBs, I think. Yeah. Like I want to move him for, I want to move uh, Russell Wilson for, uh, I don't know, like Jared Goff plus something real nice. Like that's what I'm trying to do. And it's just, it's just falling flat on its face. Which I think is fair from the other owner's perspective, and I don't really mind it. But it's also it's also when we use when I use a resource like DLF and I look at their ADP, I'm like, why, why is this why is this hard to see? But it's also when you when you start to move positional players, depending on what your league settings are, it does make it really difficult. And I and I get that, uh, so I don't get like angry, but I'm like, I just am sad because I want I wanted something, <laughs> and and it was it was denied for me. Do you want speed of things you want? Do, do we want to get into a little bit, a little sneak preview of our industry superflex rookie mock draft post combine edition? Yes, I would absolutely love to. <laughs> can can you say a little like you're really excited about it? 
No, I, I, I wanted this. We talked about this beforehand, right? I, was like, I would love to talk about this. <laughs> All right. I'm just, super excited. Okay, cool. Um, so we fired up today. Well, we're recording on Wednesday. This will come out on Sunday night as usual. We recorded or recorded. We started to engage on Twitter with some um, other people in, 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 you know, in the Twitterverse, Dynasty people that you know, you, you listen to their podcast, you, you read their work. Um, and we, we did this post combine super flex rookie mock draft. At least we've started it. So we're going to start about let's talk about the beginning of the draft and this format. There's a slight tight end premium. We said 1.5 point per, points per reception. Um, it's made a massive difference in the first round. And, uh, yeah, it's made a huge difference. Like people are totally reaching for tight ends. Um, <laughs> you know, four, four points per passing touchdown. Uh, you know, so pr- pretty standard settings. Nothing too crazy. That that was the approach to the settings and we turned it loose and the the first pick was our own trey barrett might have been a surprise to some but was it a surprise to you will who trey selected at, with the 101 well i assume he's been listening to the show so no hey trey <laughs> yeah trey <laughs> taking my picks uh no but uh, trey is a very savvy and smart dynasty player and I think that he has realized, again, without saying the player's name, because this is a tease. It's uh, a tease. He has realized like where the, the, the massive increase in value is going to come from this year. And Ryan, I want to just preface this too, before we go, before we go to the one-on-one, before we go to the one-on-one. Yeah. So Superflex ADP startup from February on DLF. Ooh. Kyler Murray is 13th overall in Superflex. Uh, and then we go down to, let's see here, Josh Jacobs is 28. Uh, I don't think A.J. Brown surpasses that. So uh, basically, let's look at, do you see, like, if you were going to bet a month's pay, uh, would you bet that there's going to be a player from this year's rookie draft at this point in time next year that will crack the top 13 in Superflex ADP on DLF? Ooh, fascinating question. Oh, yeah, I, I do. And, and mainly because... I worry that we're going to see some of the um, some of the wide receivers that, that are the prime maybe fall out of it. You know, you've, you've got guys, uh, um, you know, Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins. Their, their values probably slipped a little bit, although no, they're still first round startup picks. But, but twenty seven years old, easily Chris Godwin could blow up again. Well, yeah, I mean, Chris Godwin. Could DJ Moore out. is still low here. It seems like. Yeah, so I, I think what what are the odds of it happening? Or am I putting like odds on it? Or you, you know, you said to choose. If you I were going to bet a month's pay, what are you going on? Like you have to. Like uh, for some reason, you bet a month's pay, or uh, you have to be quarantined. I, I, I will. I I guess I'll bet a month's pay if if you're going to force me. Although it's a, it's a bit of a risky bet. But but, but I could see that there's going to be a player in the top thirteen of next year's from this rookie class. Yeah. Yeah. Because yes, because I think you have several running backs that are in theory capable of doing it if they land in the right spot. Um, you know, if if I don't think it's going to happen, you know, like I don't think the Kansas City Chiefs, for example, are going to uh, draft a running back. But if if they take Swift in late in the first round, which I think is a possibility, I mean, he certainly could have a, a monster year, and would that would that yeah. would elevate him. I mean, I, but I know we're just talking in theory. Um, but, but even in a not theoretically, not so great landing spot, I think even like a Jonathan Taylor could, um, just have a monster year and, and really get people to notice. So, so yeah, I, th- I think it's, 
possible. Uh, or if like Tua recovers uh, midseason, yeah. comes in, starts the last six games, throws right. whatever, uh, say a dozen touchdown passes, that's going to boost his – like maybe runs, shows a little bit of athleticism, shows smart decision-making. Uh, that that could easily put yeah. that, that's top thirteen is tough, but that's what Kyler Murray is right now. He's thirteenth. That's the bar of what I'm setting here is. And yeah. last year, and what we all felt was a pretty weak rookie class. Uh, the startup ADP to me feels different. It is, we, we had when you see some guy at thirteen who went in a rookie draft last year. That is that's important to take note of, and that's that's a fun bar to take a look at. So that's when we start to look at this. We talk about uh, the first pick. And where where's Trey's going? Where Trey is going? And how we feel about the twenty rookie class? Start to think like if you really feel that there's potential where, you know, these guys are going to be, you know, top three round startup picks when somebody goes and looks at these things uh, as a dynasty resource for next year for their value and how you can add equity to your to your team. Yeah, absolutely. I'm absolutely. with you, Ryan. I'm with you, Ryan. But I I am more pessimistic. I I so if I had to, I would not like that's. If, if, I was, if I was forced out by it, but I, I think, I think I'm going to be wrong. And you know me, uh, I, I remember when we talked about Mike Gusecki last year and I was like, yeah, he's roster fodder. You can dump him. <laughs> that was right before Mike Gusecki decided to listen to our podcast and go ham. So I've, uh, you know, been wrong in the past and we can move forward. Yeah, it's only risky to, to bet on a rookie to um, be a first round or, early second round startup pick next year. But but there are guys that can do it. Joe Burrow is a guy that could do it, for example. You know, let's not forget how good he was in college. I'm not I don't I don't I'm not predicting it, but there's a world where Cincinnati stabilizes their offensive line. He gets enough weapons there. AJ Green comes back and um with Joe Mix in the backfield, they have this great offense and he just looks amazing. Like kinda like the Baker Mayfield effect, right? Where where was Baker Mayfield in um in, in twenty nineteen in um uh, like early twenty nineteen for Superflex. Do we know? Trying to pull Ugh. it up now. Ugh. So, but I'm, but I'm saying, okay. So I think I, yeah, I just pulled it up. February 2019 Superflex rankings. Uh, Baker Mayfield was uh, 22, so uh, 22nd overall. So yeah, it, it's it's possible. And that was before the Odell Beckham trade, right? I feel like he got boosted after might, that. Might have been, yeah. So if we go to later in the year, let's see if I can pull this up. Let's see if he climbs a little bit. Sorry, this is this is great podcasting. We were waiting for my computer to load to see where Baker Mayfield is. Yes, number fifteen in April. That's huge. Yeah. So, and, that, and, and again, that's we didn't think Baker, Baker, Baker. You didn't have to take Baker Mayfield one hundred and one uh, in that draft. No, you didn't. Yeah. And you also didn't have to take uh, Lamar Jackson, and that's been the, the biggest boon. But there, I don't see a Lamar Jackson in this class whatsoever. Uh, and I think that's I, I really, what, do, I really don't. And I think if, if people say like like Jordan Love's gonna have that meteoric rise, we're missing out on what Lamar Jackson was as a prospect uh, in the NFL development, which is fine. But that's a, it's it's very very different. Also, yeah. Ryan, sorry, I was gonna just say one, one last thing. No, go ahead. Uh, ranting here. Why would the Chiefs, if they're gonna take a running back in the first round, why would they not take Jonathan Taylor over DeAndre Swift? I get DeAndre Swift is a better pass catcher, but in that system. Uh, I feel like it's very similar that they just need a great running back between the tackles. Like they only need him for four. They only need him for his rookie contract anyway, because they're not going to afford be able to afford a second contract with Mahomes. So why not get the best like offensive benefit to your team when it comes to being a runner? And then his addition in the passing game is just a plus. They ha- like that. I would I would be floored if they took a guy like him. I know he has like Lashawn McCoy esque. 
feelings about him, but I don't see them as the same player at all. I, yeah, I, I can't predict to know what they they want for their offense. Um, I, I just know that the – I don't know. I, I think that they would value his his skills in the receiving game in that offense. I, I don't know. I mean, but Taylor could certainly catch the ball well enough and maybe a nice compliment. Ten his hands. Yeah. If yeah. A.J. Dillon lands at the, at the Chiefs in the fourth round, let's watch the world burn. <laughs> so we, we getting back okay, to back, the back, 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 back. Yeah, back to the rookie mock. So we're not gonna. So we're gonna tease it. We are gonna get, give away some picks, right? You said you're not gonna say the name of, of the 101. I mean, this is public on well, Twitter. I right to go over like rookie draft, like hype and and, and and discussion, and then yeah, it's a tease because we're only gonna go through the first picks that we have, we have. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but but I think it's interesting looking back and. Those are I, I think good ones. I think those are good examples. With Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, guys. You um, even like a Josh Allen, got quarterbacks you didn't have to take with your 101 and your Superflex rookie draft. Uh, when you look at this QB class, because it's not just Burrow and Tua, I think that Justin Herbert is, is interesting. Um, I, I ha- hate to say it, but there are some intriguing things about Jordan Love. You know, the, the more videos I see on him, as, as much as it pains me to look at the stats his senior year. <laughs> uh, what, what conference was he playing? Was like the Mountain West or something? I don't even, I don't even know. Um, yeah, because he's Utah State. Utah State, yeah. So that's so, uh, it's, it's not Park City. Or is that the WAC? Or, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, one, of the, no, one of those conferences I never stayed up late enough to watch on a Saturday night. It's in Logan, Utah. I, I've been to Logan. Where Utah Logan, okay. Like Park City is where Utah is. Ogden is where – because. I've been to Ogden, Utah, a few times actually. Nice. Uh, almost lived there once. Had a bicycle company, uh, job offer. But cool anyway, story, bro. Yeah, it's super <laughs> awesome. It's really, very intriguing. Uh, Utah is fine. So, <laughs> but anyway, that's uh, that's this is back to so right. Uh, this okay. is what it goes back to. Like even like Josh Allen. Remember we did Paul Perkins on last year, yeah. and I was just like, I just can't. Or two years, uh, two years ago, I just can't buy into Josh Allen. I can't buy into what he did in college. I can't buy into him as a player. And he's another guy that his value on your team is worth more than his trade value. I don't want to trade for Josh Allen and pay, you know, the, the like, I'm not, I don't want to see like the, the iron price, but like a silver price for him, you know, like you're going to have to pay a little bit. You might not have to overpay, but he's not a guy I'm looking for in that like a Russell Wilson trade. I don't want Josh Allen long-term. No, I'd fair enough. Trust Russell Wilson for the next three, four or five years, whatever. No, me too. So, He's that kind of conundrum too, where you accrued value, but now you're stuck if you want to move him. I don't think you have to worry about what to do with Jordan Love a year or two down the road. I mean, first of all, where do you think he's going to go? Let's say he is a first rounder. Let's say he goes to the Colts, right? I think they're in the middle of the first round. So he's not a top 10 quarterback pick. He goes to the Colts. Um, and maybe, maybe they send Phillip Rivers. He sits behind Phillip Rivers for a year so. Where do you think he goes in a super flex draft in that situation? So after, so are you talking about 2020 startup or in 2021 after not playing for a year? Yeah, well, no, I'm actually talking about in, in rookie drafts this year. Like okay. where do you, just a rookie drafts. Yeah. Like, this year. Or a matching bolo tied to a press conference with Philip rivers. <laughs> That's right. You it's got important it. if he's buying into the team <laughs> culture, uh, no, I actually think if he goes – so Colts, even if they have Philip Rivers, you got to wait out a year. He's going at the end of the first round at worst. Let's say 110. Okay. There's, there's, a, there's enough uh, there's, there's enough up players that are high upside, but people aren't confident enough that they're going to default to the upside of a quarterback value increasing. 
And I'm yeah. fine with that. I think that's totally fair. But if you're choosing between Jalen Rager and Jordan Love at that point in time, what, like, what are you, what are you really going to where, – where do you think the upside is going to be on a well-run team like the Colts? Yeah, see, I would go with, with Rager or a number of other wide receivers that will probably be there. And that, that's why I asked the question because I think there's a chance that if um, – let's say Jordan Love is the fourth quarterback off the board. He goes to the Colts. He's behind another quarterback. I don't necessarily know that. I mean, I know we talk about this year and year out. There are many examples of this. Like if they're a first round quarterback, you should take them in the, you know, in the first round of your rookie drafts. But I don't know if that narrative holds this year. I think people may decide, okay, I want to ra- grab uh, Rager or a T Higgins or, uh, you know, Mims uh, or one of the, uh, one of the uh, half dozen. So much. But don't. I but, so, yeah, but oof. I, I I just think that he could slip to the, like early second round. I think there's a chance of that. Yeah, but I, think I think. But I think you're thinking pe- people fall in love too too often in, in fantasy drafts and don't default to what they feel is safest. I am making that assumption. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's just. I mean, your league is going to dictate that. Like I had a you know that that Empire two tight end like super flex league last year. I think he Butler won the first round. Uh, and wow. that person uh, immediately got dogged on, which I thought was totally fine because yeah, we, oh. we've had our qualms. But uh, <laughs> no, but it's uh, you just don't know what they're going to do. And that's why trading big value into a rookie pick where you think somebody's going to go is uh, a losing proposition. If somebody takes who you think or who you really wanted, I would actually recommend trading to get them afterwards. But Ryan, let's flip back well that's a conversation for their day let's flip back to trey barrett's pick in our mock draft and that's a good segue he, he really trey's, went with the status quo well sort of but but trey's pick is one of those things that might surprise people in some some leagues because i was kidding with the status quo. go ahead i was kidding with the status quo sorry no oh, i'm sorry I, I missed the sarcasm i apologize um he went with this running back that played for the Wisconsin Badgers in college. That's right. Jonathan Taylor, everybody. Jonathan Taylor, 101. This is a super flex rookie mock. And some of our listeners may be like, there's no way that um, running back's going to go at the, at, with the first pick or even the second pick in my super flex rookie draft. There, there's no way that's going to happen. But it did in this one. And as we've discussed, Trey's a savvy owner. There's a lot of savvy people in this draft. And um, it was interesting to see where some of these players went, including Jonathan Taylor. So I, I love the pick personally. I think we, you know, we're, we're both on record as saying we're team running back this year early on grab these guys. I, I think it's just a phenomenal pick. So I have no problems with it, but I think some listeners may be surprised by it. Uh, yeah. And right. I'm on full on take lock here right now. Uh, Cause remember when we were having conversations about Jonathan Taylor and I was like, I, he's my RB one coming in and I got some scoffs. I got some guffaws. And then all of a sudden, it's now he's coming in as the RB1. Uh, well, point of order, he's, he's still not my RB1, but I like mistakes, the pick. I, I mean, I, I like the <laughs> – so, uh, so, yeah. So, um, where, I guess where are you going with that? Are you just, you oh, know? I'm just having some fun. Just having some fun. Turns, it's probably he'll get drafted, uh, and then he'll turn into Sony Michelle or something, so – Good luck, everybody. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that that's. I think that Jonathan Taylor. The more he his actual production gets analyzed, and even that there was on Reddit, Ryan. I don't know if you saw it. That Jonathan Taylor caught more passes than J.K. Dobbins and DeAndre Swift in 2019 in college, which I think is hilarious. Wow, that's interesting. 
No, I didn't see that. Because you think about overall target share and what they've done in their career, and he wasn't seen as that. If you just look at raw counting stats, that's I thought was fascinating. Uh, also, he outrushed what they threw for in his sophomore year in Wisconsin. I was looking at some Jonathan Taylor stats. It's just it's just odd that when when team. I mean, I know their offensive line is good, but they were they, we're not looking at them as like of like they weren't all first round picks. Like not, every single one of them was great. That, that's a blend. That's a blend of everything. And uh, I know he has mileage, but give me four years of Jonathan Taylor in the league with my 101 Superflex rookie pick versus the risk elsewhere, and I'd be very excited about that. So, Trey, great pick. And he has 10 in chance. Speaking of risk elsewhere, the 102 was a bit of a surprise, I think, or will be a surprise to a lot of listeners, and that was Tua. Yeah, I was more surprised by this than Taylor. Yeah, I was too. I need to look to see who made the pick. I'm trying to remember the order now. Um, so Tua was taken, and it, oh, it was uh, it was Memphis, um, DFF Memphis that that took uh, Tua, and it was very bold and felt great about the pick. And I I don't hate the pick, uh, I, and and I think there is an argument to be made, and we we talked about this a little bit in the chat that Tua could be the best quarterback in this class. Uh, although I would have taken Swift here. I, I, I Once again, team running back at the beginning, and, and especially with Tua, and we'll know when we draft if there are some questions about you know, health and, and that, that kind of thing. But, um, but, yeah, it was bold, a bold pick. And yeah, we're, just, we're just bad at projecting quarterbacks when it comes to cause of the NFL in general. We, we are bad and at I, it. I don't think Tua has the Konami code the way that Kyler Murray has. The way that Lamar Jackson has, he's not the same runner. He's definitely not. With, with both ankle injuries and a hip, uh, I, so I don't mind the pick at all. I really don't. If somebody takes to it here, I don't. I don't sit there in my chair and be like, "Oh, terrible." Like I'm like, "That's that's fine. That's that's totally fine." Uh, but I would be licking my chops at the 103 then. Yeah. No, agreed. Um, he's he's uh, and, just in, in, on the fun side, sarcasm around left-handed quarterbacks. Like, oof. When's the last time we had one of them that was successful? There's been a couple, but like, but like, really, in like our time of doing of doing dynasty fantasy football, I'm older than you, so yeah, probably in my time. You can't name Steve Young. That's <laughs> you're young. For oh, that. I was gonna name Steve Young. Okay, um, okay. So speaking of licking their chops, uh, Tim Torch is sitting there with the 103, and he immediately grabbed uh, DeAndre Swift. So no hesitation by Tim. I know Tim was excited about the pick. And that's a pick that I love because that's what I would have done at the 101. So uh, what, what are your thoughts on Swift? And, and Taylor is definitely your 101 over Swift, right? You still, you're not changing this week. You haven't thought about it some more. You're, you're locked into that. Well, uh, yeah. It, unless Swift goes in the, the, in the first round to a, like a, a decent team uh, and Taylor goes in the second round to a team that we don't necessarily trust, and it creates some distrust. And I know situations change all the time, but that that's currently where I'd be. And I do think we're projecting Swift based on a few traits uh, more than what his college production was. I, I think Swift is a little bit more scary than he used to be. He, I think his, I think there's a lot more locked into Swift as the Debbie Darling uh, coming into this year than what he actually did last year. I, I, you know, I think the argument though is that he, you know, his freshman year, he went to Georgia, you know, running back you at this point and, you know, carved out that receiving role. So I, I think that says something about how talented he is. 
you know, the, maybe a model guy that he comes from one of those elite programs. He didn't necessarily put up these elite numbers, but when you're an elite program like that, you don't necessarily have to. I, I mean, I guess that's the counter argument there. That, but I, yeah, I just think that that whole team was different. When you have Nick Chubb and Tony Michelle just, just crushing people, and then you have somebody coming in and putting up the, the numbers behind that, uh, I, I do think it matters, Ryan. And that's why I don't think John Drew having him above Jonathan Taylor is like wrong by any means. It's just not where it'd be. But that that whole rushing offense was just astronomically better. Like that's what how you would make an argument for how the LSU offense was. You couldn't you couldn't really look bad in the LSU offense this year. You couldn't look bad as a running back in the Georgia offense that year. Like Elijah Holyfield looked good in that offense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they made uh, Elijah Holyfield. Like that's it, it, that matters. What do you run like a, like a four point nine yeah. or something? Yeah, it's a slow uh, Holyfield. Okay, so I did, just to, we'll move on from the the one hundred three and, and Swift, but I want to read what what Tim put on Twitter. There is a top three RB tier, and I feel like Swift may have the best draft capital of them all. The mocks tend to show that at this point. Swift for me is CMC level running back and can be RB one immediately. So. I thought that was those are those are some strong words from Tim Torch. Yeah. I like how all these picks, Trey, Memphis, and, and Tim Torch, they came on strong with these picks. They were all like, "These are our guys." So I love but, that. Like, like right, Jadre Swift didn't return kicks in college, right? I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Yeah, I should have thought of, I should have come with that stat. <laughs> I, I don't think he did. So that, well, that's the thing. But like, so Christian McCaffrey at Stanford was everything. Oh, I know, and, and like, I don't think. Like so, that's I think there's just a little bit more dynamism to him. And the Breakout Finder podcast was actually really like with uh oh, should remember the names for that. But anyway, Breakout Finder podcast is pretty fun to listen to. Uh, they, he came from the Sonic Truth. He's one of the Matt Kelly's like buddies. Uh, his Twitter is at Outrage Jew. Oh yeah, I know you're talking about like Nate Liss. There we Nate go. Liss, yeah, right. Yeah. So they, they they do a lot of research on like dynamism score and how it translates to the NFL. Like when you have your best player on your team doing everything, that matters when it comes to just being a great player. And that's with like DeAndre Swift. You didn't, I don't, I, we didn't see it the same way. No, I, I think that's fair, and I, I think it's a, a little rich for, um, you know, like I like I don't think we, I don't think he's an ex CMC. I, I think that or a CMC level. I think those are str- strong words from. I love t- Tim. I love you. You know I do, but. I don't, I don't think he's quite that level. Um, and honestly, quarterback dynamism score is usually pretty terrible. Oh, yeah? Just, they don't normally return kicks. I was kidding. <laughs> it's fun. Trying to have fun here. Okay. Uh, no, the 104, there, there's a guy that's left on the board that is going to be the 101 in a lot of these Superflex rookie drafts. And, of course, that's Joe Burrow and uh, James Cadoulas, James the Brain, Mr. Superflex himself, uh, you know, puts his 104 on the table and he's like, give me, give me Joe Burrow. The number one QB one in this draft is, is what uh, James said. And, uh, and yeah. And then there was a, uh, another comment on Twitter that like, you know, this draft is ridiculous because there's no way that he's at the 104 in 99% of mocks or, or, or drafts <laughs> crazy here. So I thought that was kind of fun. Um, so what do you think of Burrow? Do, do we let him slip too far? Are we, are we getting a little uh, no, too cute one, with this? It makes me love this mock draft already uh, because you're rocking the boat, right? You're, you're just you're shaking a little bit. Uh, I do think you're going to see running backs go – I think you're going to see potentially Taylor and Swift go ahead of the other the, uh, the, the two quarterbacks when it comes to 
projections for next year because people are going to be like, oh, I can have an RB1 or a quarterback, you know, like an RB, like, you know, top 12 RB or like a quarterback that could be in like the top 25. So anyway, I, I don't think we're that far off. But anyway, uh, Joe Burrow, you're going to see somebody take Tua in more expert leagues, is my feeling, versus generic. That'll be swapped. Yeah. You think this is about as far as Burrow is going to slip in in, in uh, 90% of Superflex yeah. rookie drafts? Like, I wouldn't be that surprised if Burrow's actually great. Like, he performed really well in a great offense. What, what do you want? What do you want? So, the, the 105, um, which is a little bit surprising, but not so much. So, um, Jay Wack at Jared Wackerly FF, he took Justin Herbert with a 105, another quarterback up the board, which I think is a solid pick. I mean, Justin Herbert is going to be most likely – uh, a top 10 overall pick in the NFL draft. It, it, it does seem that way. He had a great senior bowl. Uh, I think he had a nice combine. And there are some things to be excited about other than his height because he's too tall to be a successful NFL quarterback. So He ran for more touchdowns in the bowl game than Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> I, so I, I was a little bit surprised, but the more I thought about it, I'm like, no, this makes less sense. I mean, if, if he's a top 10 quarterback, you know, to get him at the 105, probably a pretty good investment. Um, I would have had problems passing the guys that went next, but, but interesting and probably typical of a, of a super flex, uh, draft that we're going to see in a couple of months. So uh, any thoughts you like the pick? Not sure. I do like the pick. Oh. I do think he's a, uh, Herbert is still confounding to me because Ryan, this is the, as analytical as you want to get with all the research you can do, what do you do with somebody who fits outside of the the, the size profile, right? Herbert six six, like, like are you gonna just just disregard that hump based on draft capital, uh, based on that he's more athletic than I think he really showed a little bit in Oregon, based on what he had around him, uh, or are we just gonna go with the six six model in preparation for next year when Trevor Lawrence comes out, when we completely throw away six six away? Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that that's the important thing because w- when we um, had on um, Kane and, and, and Caleb and we talked about, you know, the, these guys, kind of one of our first looks at this draft class, w- we joked about the height and, you know, the comparisons, um, guys that are 6'6 or taller than NFL. And, um, you know, we, we had some d- – d- it was just a, a, a bad list. I can't remember all the, all the names on that list. Just guys that have been successful. But the more I thought about it, you look at that list, those guys were not drafted – Super, super highly. I don't think any of those guys that we saw on the list were drafted in the top yeah. ten where he served. So it's it's not you know um, comparing comparing him to guys that you know were second round quarterbacks taken. It's probably not very valuable, right? So, well, and, and lists are super easy to make when it comes to like, hey, here's a stat, and here's who's produced based on this one stat that isn't like necessarily predictory, right? And there just aren't many too many uh, you know players that height in the NFL in general, you know, it's, this is not the NBA. <laughs> so, well, there are a ton. They're just, they just play on the lines. Yeah. But, but even your linemen, I, I mean, I guess there are several that are low. Yeah. No, I should say skill position players to clarify. You're right. There, there's some big linemen, some big dudes. Okay. Um, we, we've got three more picks that have been taken off the board. Um, and we, we got a little bit of a running back run here. Well, at the one of six cam acres is taken. Um, interesting. I think Cam Akers has um, 
his stock has risen since the, the combine, which which is not a surprise to us. Um, this was uh, Peter Howard at PA Howdy. Um, he he was nice enough to you know grace himself and and promote this uh, this little mock we're doing, even though he's on like the you know JJ Zach Reeson's podcast this week. If you haven't heard it, give it a listen. So um, we got to so get Peter, Peter Howard on the show. We, well, we've we've Peter had him Reed. on the. We've only had Peter. Yeah, but I, on I the, want him like one on one. Because right. I feel like we get along well. <laughs> just, just you and, and, and Peter. Well, no, sorry, you're there too, Ryan. So I'm okay, uh, I'll just sit quietly. <laughs> I didn't mean to offend. <laughs> didn't mean to offend. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, so Cam Akers, I like the pick. I, I like taking a running back here once again, just to beat that drum more and more. There are like five running backs in this draft class that I, I feel comfortable with, and then after that, all bets are off. I mean, also, so yeah, a guy like Peter, right? So Peter is uh, full on analytics. Yep. I love what he does and I love the information he presents. And even in the early season when he was talking about, he thought this was a running back class, when he dove into it, uh, Cam Akers came out on top. When you look at shares and production and what he was able to do at Florida State with what that offense was, I, am, I think that he, this was just a snap, snap, except you know, at this, at this point in time for this pick. And man, he, he could be the best running back or, or fantasy running back in this class. I, I mean, just think about it. It depends on landing spot and well, no, it doesn't mean on landing spot. It just depends on how he translates to the yeah. NFL. And so, I, and I hope he crushes it just for next year's like, Oh, another five star group, but did poorly in college. Here we go. <laughs> just the amount of narratives you can write. Like it's, it's such a high variance, high variance draft class in a lot of different ways. Yeah, I, I I love the Acres pick though, and at the we have the one hundred six, and Acres is there. I'm pretty happy, and you had to be happy, Will, with your one hundred seven. You picked next, and I, I think you're happy with this pick, right? Were you like yes, or were you like eh, I guess I'll take this guy? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, because I, I was like, I want to go running back. This is the end of that, uh, and so I went I went J.K. Dobbins just to just to write that off real quick because I'm not confident in projecting the other wide receivers. And, you know, they might be first-round picks. Uh, I think CeeDee Lamb has some requisite dominant skills, but not exactly what I love in a, in a dynasty wide receiver. So I, I think J.K. Dobbins is still going to have very high draft capital and have an early opportunity. That's that's what I wanted. Yeah. I mean, to get a, him and his potential at the 107 is, is great. And, and just to close this out at the 108, Jake Anderson selected CD lamb. So the first wide receiver off the board. Um, and I, I think that like, if you're the one Oh eight and you get CD lamb, I mean, that that's, you gotta, you gotta be pretty happy. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, he, he, I, I completely agree. Yeah. As, as you know, to quote Jake, as he said on Twitter, this, the dude is a yak machine, phenomenal and contested situation lines up all over the field. And Oh yeah. Also lays down blocks like this. Uh, and, and there's, there's a, a nice, blindside uh, block. Is yeah, fine. No, it's still pretty nice. So, yeah, I, I mean, and, and just think, look at the guys that are left on the board. We're, we're just at the 109, and, and, you know, you've got some other phenomenal wide receivers left. AJ Dillon. Yeah. I, I mean, Still it's going to be fun. Watch, watch Zach Boss be the first running back drafted. <laughs> I'll, I'll like Rashad Penny. Clyde Edwards, hilarious. You didn't mention him, Will, because he's the best running back left on the board. He could be. Yeah, so it, it's going to be fun to see how this um, – this unfolds and for so takeaways from this do you, do you have any takeaways i i think i have a, a takeaway early on with this rookie mock i'd love to share with you 
I won't interrupt your end this time. And, and that is, <laughs> no, no, uh, and that is, I, I was thinking pretty firmly that there was like this, this tier of like seven players. But now that we're doing this, I, I think that tier may be extended. I mean, when you throw in uh, Justin Herbert into the mix, um, you know, a couple of guys are still on the board I'm excited about. So I, I do think that in the first round, wherever you are, whether you're at the 101 or the 112, not that I think they're the same value. I, 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 I guess I'm, I don't think the tiers are as uh, steep as, as I was kind of thinking about a couple of weeks ago, like between the 107 and 108, I was like, Oh, there's, there's a significant drop off. I don't necessarily think there is when you, um, you know, look at, at this class and we're projecting three quarterbacks in the top 10 overall picks. Maybe Jordan Love could sneak in there. Um, even though the running back class isn't super deep, I think you've got five outstanding ones. And then wide receivers galore. So it just, I don't know, the, the more I look at this class, it just keeps getting better and better for me. Yeah. And plus, if you have a, a favorite wide receiver or a favorite running back that's slipping now, or even there's going to be a first-round quarterback that slips at the end of the first round now, I I right I I I really think four quarterbacks going in the first round easy. We'll just see if it's going to be five, and all five of those should go in the first fifteen rookie picks in rookie drafts. Yeah, um, I, I mean, what do you think is going to happen with Jalen Hurts? I, I mean, what, what's your impression? Do you think he goes? I, I mean, I I don't think anyone's going to like trade up to the end of the first round to to take him because he's not he's not like a Lamar Jackson type talent, but he's just gritty. You know he. He's a he's a he's a winner. He's a playmaker. <laughs> no, I mean, but that makes a difference. I th- yeah. Um, I just think he goes like late round two, mid yeah. round two. Yeah. Great second round pick, like like great rookie draft upside player. But he's he's never been, he's not a good pass. Like, I just don't get it. Like until he went to Oklahoma, he was not a good decision maker and passer. He was a great runner of the ball. Right. I I, I I'm intrigued by him. I really hope that this is not going to happen, but. I really hope my Bears can somehow grab him in the second round or third round, ideally, if they could get him later. Because I think he's a guy that he'd be kind of perfect. I, I think the problem with that, though, is that all Bears fans would be calling, you know, for him to start for Mr. Trubisky. Well, they just have to wait until Trubisky hurts his shoulder again. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. He's kind of perfect for the Bears because it, he would be an intriguing guy to develop behind Trubisky, who's, who's going to, in, in my opinion, go away here soon. Um, but you know, you bring in like um, even even an Andy Dalton. Uh, I know this sounds ridiculous, Ugh. but but they're like Trubisky has one bad game, and I think there are calls for Andy Dalton to like kind of save the season. But I think it's a little bit different when you have a rookie quarterback that's taken the second or third round. Um, so I think there'd be pressure on Trubisky, but at the same time, I don't necessarily think that you know people would you know storm Hallis Hall demanding that Hertz gets in there if, if Trubisky has a couple of bad games. So I don't know, just just throwing it out there. Yeah, I think it'd be fun. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, All right. And, yeah, and, this is there's so there's so many great picks left. I can't wait for the rest of the draft. I know it's gonna be fun. That, that's where it gets fun. I mean, well, this whole thing is fun, but the second round, I can't wait to see what happens. Um, Will, two minute warning. A- any thoughts before we? Oh, you, yeah. You saw Diggs working out in the Cardinals T-shirt, I guess, on Twitter. Don't know if that was doctored just recently. <laughs> uh, I, honestly, as a Vikings fan, just happily. Just move move away from him. Let's sign Emmanuel Sanders and draft a really nice rookie wide receiver. Let's let's get like Rager and Samuels on the team. Or sorry, sorry, Sanders, Emmanuel Sanders. 
Yeah, I mean, what, what's the buzz up in uh, the Twin Cities? Like, are they, are they talking about this on sports radio up there? They no, everybody's just tired of it. Like, just <laughs> it's like it's a, it's like look at me stuff that you're just not ready for. Like, like we just until until he doesn't drop a pass that gets intercepted, which it did happen basically like in one prime time spot last year. He he, he has to be truly elite, and. I do really love Stefan Diggs, and, and I think it would be a mistake. Like, maybe a mistake to move him, but I, I don't know. It's just with the offense and the way they're moving, I don't know if he's necessary anymore. Right. I would be intrigued if he moved on um, to see what happens with Adam Thielen because um, not, not that I think that Adam Thielen – or, excuse me, Diggs is a roadblock for Thielen, but I, but I do think it uh, it's clear that he's the number one wide receiver. I think it opens things up for the tight end position. Maybe Kyle Rudolph gets a, a new life. Irv Smith. Um, or Irv Smith, yeah, one of the two guys. So, yeah, no, I, I, it, would be, it would be fun to see Diggs go someplace exciting. Um, you know, and Arizona would certainly fit the bill. So I, I think that's good. Um, I, I think that um, my final thought is – that there I'm, I'm hoping that we talked about is getting back to the quarterback carousel, so to speak. I'm hoping that it is not as, uh, it is as exciting as I, I've, I've played it out in my head because there's a chance it could be really disappointing. There's a chance that Tom Brady could sign back with the Patriots. It looks <laughs> like the Titans have said today, it was Rappaport reported that um, they're trying to work things out with Ryan and Tannenhill, which makes sense for them. So does it, does it long, long-term deal? Yeah. So anyway, we'll we'll see what happens. I I just hope that there's some exciting things and we can get excited about you know some some player movement. That's all. Yeah, I'm very excited for the potential of it. I do think Ryan again. Bet if I were to bet on this, I bet it's going to be boring. I'm going to be <laughs> going to be an Eeyore here. I'm like oh, things aren't going to change. But you know what's not boring? We've got a lot to be excited about. We've got this mock draft to finish uh, we've got some great guests coming up Paul Pritikese we were scheduled with him he's coming back to talk about this class um, you've got startups coming up I'm sure so there's a lot to be excited about so even though you, you look at the news and there's some negative things in the news and all kinds of crazy stuff's going on in this world it's okay we're going to get through it together you, you got the Joes to rely on we're going to be yeah. here we're going to get through it together um, and it's going to be fun so with that on behalf of Will Greenwood, I am Ryan Livergood. We're the Fantasy Joes. You can find us on Twitter at FFJoes. You can support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash fantasyjoes. We'll see you next time. I'm Ryan. He's Will. We're the Fantasy Joes. You got a friend in the Joes. For fun stuff. Yeah. I thought you were going to go, you got a friend in me. Well, I didn't want to be got said, a friend in like, me. I felt like I was interrupting you too much tonight, so I just want to just be me. Joe's. No, you didn't interrupt me. It was. It was good. very excited I, about tonight. Yeah, that's good. It was. It's good. It's a good show. I, I love. The, I love the. Ma- Not the both of us wanted a podcast last night without telling the other. Kia. I, no, no. Time out. Time out on the floor. Time out on the floor. I did tell you a long time ago because you told me, "Hey, I'm going on the open bar podcast on whatever oh, day it was." Fox and then I, I'm like, "Well, guess what? Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm going on a couple weeks after that, and you just totally forgot." So it's, it's no. You said fun. you said I got offered, but I couldn't. No, I never said that. No, I said I got offered, but I got to check my calendar. You're right. You're right. The truth comes out. But I wasn't recording when we had this conversation, so no one will ever know.
It still says recording. <laughs>